This is uh, Greg McGregor from Magellan Holdings, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. You're here with me. I'm Paul Kemp, and it's my job to find inspirational guests to help you to help you with whatever you're doing uh, in your app world. Whether you are an indie app developer, whether you're uh, just an app lover, or, or whether you're you know trying to run a business that's related to apps, uh, I find some inspirational guests, and we share their story for your benefit. So. Uh, I want to w- welcome uh, Robin Rath, who is uh, the co-founder of Pixel Press, and you're going to love this app. I mean, I want everyone to go to the App Store right now, pause this interview, go and download uh, Pixel Press Floors. Uh, you can find it quite easily in the App Store, and uh, it's just an amazing, amazing app. So, Robin, it's a warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Yeah, hey guys, uh, this is Robin. It's great to be here. Uh, looking forward to talking with you. So. Robin, I mean, uh, first of all, what inspired you to uh, develop such a cool app? Is this your first shorter app development, or have you had any previous uh, projects that you've been working on? Man, I get I get asked that question all the time. Um, I have done apps before. I did a an app in the early days of the uh, iPhone App Store uh, called Radio Fifty, which was a brick breaker app. Uh, on a 360-degree plane, so the idea was to keep the ball alive, and you could spin the paddle in a 360-degree pattern. And I actually, just saw the other day a new app came out that uh, was probably inspired by that idea. So that's exciting to see. But uh, I was also inspired to create um, Pixel Breasts uh, because I always played video games growing up, and I always wanted to be a video game designer one day. Um, and I've always just been impressed with, uh, all the cool technology that allows people to create things themselves, uh, online. Um, so we haven't talked about what pixel press is, but it's definitely inspired by, uh, my childhood playing games and, and wanting to be a creator. Yeah. Let's talk through the journey of you creating, because I think, you know, a lot of us, uh, are in this, uh, almost mental block of trying to figure out a cool app idea. So perhaps you could take us back to those you know, early days of when you got the idea and then talk us through, uh, you know, that your, your journey to create pixel press. And obviously it will be kind of cool to just explain to the appster tribe who, uh, what it, what pixel press does and what it is. Sure. Yeah. You know, my experience with mobile um, over the last five years or so has been less about games and it was more about um, using mobile as a as a technology or as a as a way to enhance our lives. Um, so I was fortunate enough to work on uh, mobile apps for healthcare industry, uh, for the Department of Defense, and really in a lot of cases working with uh, technology that was uh, focused on helping people improve or save their lives. Um, so we uh, we would do some interesting things with the inputs on the device. And um, thinking back to my days of, you know, creating video games as a kid or wanting to create them, and, and it all started with drawing games on paper. Um, myself and a childhood friend talked about an idea where how could we make that magic come to life where if I'm drawing a video game idea on a paper, 
to inspire me to create a game? How could we improve the efficiency of actually making that happen? So in January of last year, uh, we put our heads together and started creating a paper prototype of a product that would allow you to sketch a video game idea um, on a piece of paper. It started with grid paper and ultimately take a picture of that and turn it into a game that could be um, not only customized and tested and played, but shared to a community where your dream of becoming a video game designer could come to life. So uh, with that idea in mind and definitely big aspirations, we created a video that explained the concept to our audience and ultimately that led to a Kickstarter campaign six months later, six months later um, around this idea of uh, drawing your own video game and bringing it to life. Well, that, that is great because I think uh, we've had a lot of our app developers on this show who have talked about their launch and I can't recall ever talking through a Kickstarter launch. So I'd love to you know, get your ideas and your experience on that because I think that will really help out the apps to try to, to understand you know, like just what the process is going through Kickstarter and how important that is to then the eventual funding and the launch of the app. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, the Kickstarter experience, uh, was, was a lot of work. Um, we, we set out to, to, uh, create a campaign that we hoped, um, would be successful. And, um, we did all of that without actually, uh, creating anything. We didn't have a product on the market. Some people might call it vaporware for us. We were creating what was essentially what we felt like was a true Kickstarter campaign of how can we create this company and how can we, uh, jumpstart that with Kickstarter. Um, so we did a lot of thinking about how to message the product, um, how to create a video that explained the product and ultimately how to reach that audience um, in hopes of raising $100,000 to um, start building the team to build the product. And it was a lot of work and a lot of excitement. Uh, the campaign ran for uh, 37 days. I, you know, I've done a lot of hard work in my life, but I think um, the pressure of uh, having this hyper-focused marketing campaign on Kickstarter and always looking for that next big break in terms of press or conversation or a tweet uh, was a different experience, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and what that did for us was it allowed us to validate that people really were you know, excited and interested about our product. So um, there's a lot of really cool ways to kind of test out different game ideas. Um, and I think Kickstarter is a great way to, to do that and to kind of validate that. Well, Robin, I mean, one of the big themes of this podcast is that the successful people that we've interviewed have gone ahead and validated their idea before going ahead and building whatever it is that they came up with. And, and Kickstarter, I guess, is the ideal way of doing that. And in terms of um, actually, did you get any funding before the Kickstarter or did you bootstrap the whole thing, the whole campaign, the Kickstarter campaign yourself? Yeah, we I, we did bootstrap the campaign ourselves, and I guess by bootstrap you mean spending yeah, our own money credit cards and, and, and <laughs> um, we probably spent about I will, I probably spent about uh, ten or fifteen grand on uh, just outsourcing a couple of things like um, video production, a little bit of artwork, a little bit of help, um, but ultimately a lot of people chipped in, um, and I was very appreciative of that. Um, and you know, I did, you know, pay a couple of people that I didn't necessarily plan on a little bit afterwards just to thank them for their help. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I think the best way to do a Kickstarter campaign, if it's the start of an idea, um, is to take it very seriously. 
but also make sure you have the proper expectations. I mean, there's nothing probably worse than spending a ton of money on a Kickstarter campaign and having it unsuccessful. And therefore you then feel like, Hey, I'm not motivated to continue the idea because some Kickstarter campaigns, um, don't aren't successful for a lot of different reasons. And I would hate for anyone not to do their idea just because it isn't successful. Um, it may just have been, you know, the market fit or whatever it is. So not spending a lot of money on it, if you're in that situation, I think is the best plan. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Kick, because Kickstarter has just launched over here. Uh, they've been over here just a little bit in terms of the UK. And we could always fund the American uh, Kickstarters, but we were never able as UK residents uh, to actually put our own projects on there. And my first Kickstarter attempt uh, resulted in me not getting anywhere and, and actually not getting approved. And I... I did not take your advice. I didn't take it seriously. I can imagine the production of the video is like incredibly important now because that's the the one key selling point, uh, as well as the idea. Is that that fair? Yeah, I um, I think the biggest thing is like not to focus on necessarily being a highly produced video, but it's got to be a good video. And I always tell people, what does good mean? Well, I think good means it connects with your audience. So there's a lot of different ways based, in, based on the product to really, to really do that. Um, and you've got to look at, hey, what is my audience? What's going to register with them, maybe emotionally, or kind of make that connection? For us, it was the nostalgia. So people saw it, and they immediately made that connection with the nostalgia. Um, so we didn't spend a ton of money on the video. I mean, I think it was nicely produced. Um, but it was about kind of finding that, that, that match. And, and how did you go about, uh, finding the, uh, the way to outsource that? Because I can imagine that someone's listening to this right now and thinking, you know, I, I need a, a professional video, uh, for my Kickstarter campaign. Uh, how did you find the production company to, to help you with that? Yeah. I, you know, I just found someone who worked for a production company that had some extra time on the side. Um, I think, you know, you probably would get a higher produced video um, from a major production company, but ultimately there's a lot of uh, value in just working one-on-one with somebody and helping them understand the vision. And I think that can be uh, really cost effective. And ultimately, um, these guys that work for video production companies like to do side projects. And and if you find someone who really is excited about what you're doing, um, that can make it uh, that much more affordable. So apps to tribe, there's uh, some great advice, you know, tap into your network and just try and figure out if someone can help you, even if it's a, a side project to their main job. It means you, yeah. Don't, yeah, you yeah. don't spend so much money. Yeah. And again, it's not it's not about necessarily the production quality. It's about, you know, making it making it tell a story. You know, some of the funniest videos online are, you know, very low production quality. And it's about someone kind of identifying uh, with with what's happening in the video. Yeah, I mean, it clearly the, the biggest success, I think, from a video on Kickstarter has to be Dollar Shave Club. And uh, that obviously was unique. But uh, to talk us through, like, the, the experience of that 37 days. It must have been, you must have been, like, refreshing the page on Kickstarter every day. And uh, how did the money flow in and the pledges? Did, did it all come towards the end? Was it a consistent flow? Perhaps you could talk through your experience of the yeah. pledges. yeah. Definitely a lot of refreshing, um, definitely a lot of exciting periods and, oh my gosh, what am I going to do to fix this uh, periods? <laughs> uh, you'll definitely see you know, a lot of activity on the front end um, if you've done your work and kind of creating that traction and that lead up. Um, but then you're going to have you know, some valleys in the middle is definitely a big valley where you've got to uh, create peaks as much as you can. So we kind of constantly went back to the drawing board on like what kind of promotion 
or conversation can we create to re-engage the audience and get them talking about the product again? And it's actually so much, it's so close to what a typical marketing effort is. The big difference is that instead of a marketing effort over a year where you're trying to create peaks on a monthly basis, you're doing it on a, on a weekly basis or even on a every three day basis. So it's a, it's a pretty intense process. It's uh, easy to kind of um, get lost in it. Um, but you've got to keep going if you really want to, you know, make it successful. I mean, granted, there are a lot of instant successes like the reading rainbows of the world that work. But when you think about those campaigns, like it's, you're not surprised, right? It's, it's not surprising. They had a huge audience. They had a great idea. Um, they've got something that registers with a certain audience. So you want to kind of identify like what those things are. And uh, just because you don't do it in a couple of days doesn't mean it didn't work. It's just you've got to try to find the rest of that audience. Yeah. And how did you come up with the $100,000 uh, mark? Because I know on Kickstarter, if you don't reach your target, then you don't get any of the funding. Yeah, we we talked a lot with uh, I talked a lot with developers in my network uh, around what they felt like it would take to make this product with a small team, and uh, ultimately we we set our sights much higher um, after the Kickstarter campaign, and it ultimately resulted in us taking uh, longer to reach our goals. So that's a that's another you know topic I guess you'd say. Um, but we also looked at how much we wanted to raise, not only uh, what we thought it would take to build it. But also, again, kind of that validation of like, hey, you know, we could raise 20 grand probably, but if we kind of set a high mark, it helps us further validate that uh, there's a real, real need for the product. Um, raising 100 grand uh, on Kickstarter is definitely not an easy task, though. I mean, there's a lot of magic that has to come together to make that happen. Well, congratulations on doing that. And uh, how yeah. much did you achieve in the end after 37 days? Uh, it was uh, around 109,000. We hit the 100. <laughs> thousand mark around seven days out um and uh, we actually ended our campaign at, at one of the major video game conferences e3 which i'm sure most people on this call are familiar with and we thought that was a great idea but we learned that it was really hard to compete with the press um of a lot of the big things going on during that time so we were fortunate enough uh not to have to kind of depend on that last week to make it happen because we had a harder time uh getting our message out there Wonderful. So then I guess with Kickstarter, then all the pledged money is actually uh, guaranteed because it's, um, I, I believe it's, it's taken off the audience at the, or the pledges at the time of pledge and then uh, given to you as uh, what a big cash lump sum. And then you go ahead and build the app. Yeah, that's, that's true for the most part. It actually, they have to have registered their credit card, but they don't actually get billed until the end and some people might have changed payment methods or there's declines for various reasons and they have about 30 days to fix it but ultimately we got probably you know 97 percent of the money committed so it's it wasn't a big issue that's great and so um in terms of actually because i'm so fascinated by this i know that uh, people like listening can copy pretty much what you've done here um in terms of uh, the way you you ask for the pledges, what what um, different uh, levels did you have to tr try and attract the money? Yeah, so we had uh, our 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 lowest level package was uh, getting access to the software. So that's an easy one if you're selling uh, software is try to create an entry point for getting access to what's created, and then really from there it's uh, a focus on kind of adding on additional features that um, have interest to people like T-shirts. 
Uh, in our cases, we did like hooded sweatshirt. Uh, we had a really nice um, custom pencil that we gave away. Um, and then other things like um, featuring, you know, them in the game, uh, different things like that. All so, right. it, you know, it's really about kind of matching up the offering to um, what your product is. Featuring in the game, that's unique. I mean, wow. Uh, so, yeah, we had a couple of people. Um, actually, most of them were people that were, were uh, people that I knew before that really wanted to support us. And, and that's a big part of a Kickstarter campaign is getting people involved around you that get excited about what you're doing that, that might know you uh, through business or, or personally. Um, so I had a couple uh, people I knew uh, that we have the name of their dog or the name of their, uh, their kid as a character in the game. Wonderful. Uh, did you build for Android or Apple first? Uh, we built for, for Apple first, and we're actually still working on Android. Um, we definitely focused on uh, building our core technology, um, and it actually took us a lot longer than we thought. Um, as, as most of us know in software development, um, things can sometimes uh, take longer than we ever expected. And we went back and forth a lot with our technology um, and trying different methods. Um, and ultimately, are still working on on making that better. But we like to think that uh, what we're doing is, is pretty unique and, and pretty amazing. And it's making people be able to be creators in a space that they never never could before. Um, so it's it's exciting to do that. And, and ultimately, you know, we're, that's the number one question we get from uh, from our audience is when's it going to be on Android? And uh, trust me, we're we're excited as anyone to get there. And we just have to uh, take our time and get it right. Yeah, and I can imagine uh, a lot of nervous people during the Apple review process. Did that go smoothly for you? Yeah, it went, it went generally smoothly. We didn't get rejected um, at any point so far. We're on version 1.3, so we've submitted four times now. Sometimes it can be slow. It was slow around the... Uh, uh, WWDC conference where I guess apparently everybody at Apple was there, which uh, I don't blame them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been good. I don't think it's necessarily as bad as it's hyped because it, I do remember when it was pretty difficult and you could never talk to anybody, but now, I mean, we have a direct contact at Apple, um, and it's somebody that we can email and while they don't have, you know, access to do everything, it's definitely a, a much more full-fledged, uh, communication process. So the other big challenge we have, Robin, as indie app developers is the actual launch day. I mean, uh, could you talk us through then the launch day? And did you get the press that you were hoping for? Did you have a particular strategy and any tips and tricks you could su supply to us that would help us in launching our apps? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got we got great press for our launch. Um, and it really kind of goes back to the Kickstarter campaign and just back to the marketing effort. You need to create a story. Um, that the press is interested in and the press are people just like us, you know, why do we share something on Facebook? Because we feel like we like it and we feel like we have an audience that is interested in it and the press is really no different. So if your product, if you haven't figured out the story for your product of why it's different, you need to identify that. And then you need to also, because all of our stories are, are niche stories, we have to figure out people that want to tell that story. And, and don't get me wrong, this is a very difficult thing to do. And we're always trying to figure out um, how to do it. But it's, it's, I think the problem is it's time consuming. So you need to define your message and then identify sources that want to tell that story. And if your product is somewhat general like ours, you know, creating video games, kids, parents, teachers, there's a lot of publications out there. But if your game is about um, something very specific like, I don't know, 
you know, collecting bottle caps, or if you have an app about collecting bottle caps, it's going to be harder to find that story, but there are people out there that want to talk about it and, uh, you just need to find them. And so we, uh, so you got a lot of press and, uh, you, uh, built it around the story, uh, just in terms of the technical side, do you happen to know how you uh, gave a, gave away your uh, app, the app, to the people that pledged? Because I guess you mm-hmm. only get a hundred promo codes, so I don't know how you managed to, you know, match the people that had pledged to the then giving them a free download of the game once it was uh, published. Yeah, that that was one of the the more difficult parts about um, what we've done. And ultimately, um, as a as a factor of the Kickstarter campaign, and also as a factor of us wanting to get our product in more people's hands to learn about how they experience it, we made the decision to uh, to release the product for free. Um, and we do have some purchases that you can make within the app. Um, that was a, that was a hard decision for us to make, and and in a time t- timely or a time consuming decision. And we definitely got some feedback from some of our Kickstarter backers like, hey, I paid for this. You know, why are you giving away for free right now? Uh, But ultimately, it meshed well with our business decision, uh, our business direction in terms of what we're trying to accomplish. So I don't know that there is a good solution out there for uh, iOS, uh, for Apple specifically, in terms of trying to uh, charge for an app and uh, also give it away to your Kickstarter backers. Uh, the best solution that I've I've seen is that you make it free uh, for a limited amount of time, possibly under the veil of a soft launch um, for maybe a week or two. And then once you've given your Kickstarter backers the opportunity to download it in that window, um, you you make you change the price to whatever price you had in mind. And that can be almost considered a little bit of a marketing effort in and of itself. You know, you can kind of you know, get a feel for maybe how your server is going to respond or maybe how your in-app economy works by uh, that, that short trial period. Yeah, because, I mean, the alternative is Apple increased the uh, limitation on the promo codes and uh, from 100, which is actually quite small, although that does... Uh, that does change every update. So you could actually do several updates over a course. Of you the- could do it that way. Yeah. I mean, the the reality, though, is, is if you have a successful or a moderately successful Kickstarter campaign, you're going to have probably over a thousand backers already. So um, then you've got to deal with, you know, you know, people having to wait and then they're, they're probably just going to buy the app anyway and, you know, kind of how to deal with all that. So it does not make things easy. And, and, you know, it goes beyond just the Apple distribution. It's also hard to kind of set a feature set for a product that you don't necessarily that early on that you're not necessarily sure that's the right feature set. So now you're kind of building something to a feature set that maybe doesn't meet your business objectives, but you have to kind of fulfill uh, via the Kickstarter. And, and we're, we're dealing with that. We're, we still owe a number of like small software things to our backers, and and uh, luckily they've been patient with us and uh, really just love the mission that we're on. So the community side of it is helpful to to work with there. Yeah, uh, just it sounds like you know when you build an engaged audience from Kickstarter that you, it just makes the whole thing a lot easier. And we have spoken to app developers who have launched, you know, founders who have launched very successful apps, but they just did not get the press they were hoping for. Uh, because they did not have the you know the, the pledges to start off with do you, do you get the email addresses of your pledges to keep them updated with the progress of the project and then on launch to kind of e- email them ahead of time yeah you do you can uh, export the email addresses from kickstarter we've actually done that 
and move to our mail distribution system just so that we can, uh, it's, it's a lot of work to manage so many different social channels. We already have so many already and uh, Kickstarter has it's almost its own world in and of itself that uh, we wanted to merge into kind of our own world. Uh, so luckily Kickstarter makes that very easy to, to export. Well, I would encourage anyone who is uh, has got a an iPad or an iPhone, download it. I've got the game here in front of me, the actual, I see that you've got some staff picks of games. It's just a fascinating, perhaps, um, uh, so you, you know, just looking at it, you get uh, what looks like a, games that are created by the users and then the more popular games are towards the top uh, and you get the number of plays that people have played uh, yeah perhaps you can explain it just a little bit more because it just looks it looks awesome some of these games are very look sure. very different yeah we haven't really talked about the product so much I'd, I'd love to explain that a little closer um, we we have this system that's it's very accessible for people to create games around um, and it all starts with um, either drawing shapes on paper um, or drawing them like they were on paper directly in the app digitally. Um, so you can imagine drawing a box is a platform, um, a plus is a coin, and an X is a spike. And ultimately, there's about 15 different tools that you can use together to create what essentially are you know, run and jump style games, but they're also puzzles that you're creating um, to experience yourself uh, or have the option to share share with your friends. So once you've created this architecture or the wireframe or whatever you want to use uh, to create, to, to whatever term you want to use, um, which is actually very similar to how most video games are created, you know, they start with a concept on paper. Um, that can then be customized with visuals. So you can change the background, you can change the terrain. Um, you can even do things like add in enemies, uh, add in new power-ups, so on and so forth, music, sound effects. And uh, then you can test that level. Uh, you can tweak it to your heart's content. You can save it to your local device. And the coolest part about it, uh, I hear you I'm playing, playing it, man. It's great. I've just <laughs> uh, created awesome. my first game. I'm just like... <laughs> It's brilliant. So, so, the, so the cool, you know, this is becoming yours. You know, you're, con you're customizing it. Um, you can spend a lot of time testing it and you can create challenges and uh, you can share it on our community what we call our arcade. Um, and then you can start seeing the kind of the magic of how you're seeing how many times people have played it, what they're scoring on the leaderboard, uh, whether they like it or not. And there's so much depth to that experience that we haven't even been able to touch on yet. Um, but you truly are, you know, um, just like you post a picture on, you know, Facebook and you get likes, you kind of appreciate that process. Uh, we're trying to do the same thing, but within this interactive gaming experience. Yeah, you know, if you think about the way the world is going, I mean, a, a lot of, uh, I guess, creative outlets are uh, helping with the social aspect and with the creation. So, you know, musicians are creating their own music within uh, social forums and uh, using apps and, and filmmakers as well. And it's just like that that extra layer to gaming, you know, where rather than just playing games together, we're creating games together. And uh, uh, that just, it sounds like you're really uh, cracking the nut there with regards to uh, appealing to the, the creativity that people have and, and yet they just love games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, most people in their life uh, would never be able to experience, even though this is a microcosm of, you know, creating the next um, big game, they never really get to experience that 
And uh, we want to continue to make our tools bigger and better so that people can kind of experience that more. Um, you know, one of our kind of internal missions is to make people uh, feel like video game heroes, um, whether they're doing that as a creator, or whether they're doing that as a player. We want to create that community where people can kind of work together to, to share in that experience. And that's what gets us really excited uh, about Pixel Press, whether it's for kids or whether it's for adults or gamers or parents or teachers. It kind of has that universal appeal across the board. I've just thought of a feature. Maybe I could take a picture of myself and then put my own face in the characters. <laughs> we get that. We get that one a lot. Yeah, sure. I can imagine. Yeah, we're, we're taking baby steps towards kind of making the creation process more about um, not only the layout but also the artwork. And uh, we've got some really exciting things coming down the pipeline to that to that effect. Well, I'm definitely going to be following the progress on this because it just sounds like uh, I've got you early in this this journey that you're on, Robin. Yeah, is, uh, it's, it's early. Yeah. Um, and, and just before we finish up here, we're getting towards the end. Uh, I do ask everybody to, um, you know, you are an app developer. We'd love to learn from you what, what a typical day is. I mean, uh, let me let me just take a step back. Uh, people listening to this are inspired to perhaps become app developers, hear your story. Uh, what's it like? What, you know, can you just describe a typical day for us in, in your life as an app developer? Yeah, um, always uh, the fight uh, between being creative and planning. Um, you know, if you're you're trying to create a business, which is you know as much as we like to create games, we have to create businesses around that. Um, you've got to be smart about uh, planning and kind of integrating the different disciplines of creating the business, whether it's marketing, finance, team building, team culture. Um, granted you might just be one person, uh, but that makes your life, uh, that much more, uh, interesting in terms of learning these different disciplines. So, um, you know, from, from a day-to-day -day basis, uh, it's a lot about staying creative, but also staying focused on delivering on timelines. And obviously those are competing objectives, but it, it's fun too. Um, so, so we like to, uh, just kind of mix that approach and that's how kind of uh, creativity is sparked, but then you can kind of continue to be creative, which is a little bit about what our product is too. Um, so it's an exciting time. Yeah, so are you uh, fun, I mean, are you going for venture capital money now? Uh, are you in an incubator? What What's the business at the moment? Yes, we, we've raised, uh, we have raised money to help us along. Um, which is, is hard to do in gaming, but uh, it's definitely possible. And we have a little bit, uh, we have a couple of different marketing or, or, or revenue channels that we're exploring as well that helps with that process. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like everyone's probably experienced, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to just kind of create magic uh, around a game. I mean, if you look at um, even like Angry Birds, you know, I don't quote me on the exact number, but I think that might have been like their 51st game, you know, and they uh, they probably had a lot of uh, successes and failures and, and had to do a lot of things that, to, to kind of get to the point that they did. But ultimately, it all came together for them. And I think that's probably experience that a lot of businesses have in terms of kind of working and trying to create that magic, uh, not not so different in gaming. Um, so stay encouraged, keep learning. Uh, keep building. If you're just getting started, I always tell people, you know, I resumes are, are not so important to me. It's what are your side projects? How are you self-motivated? How are you showing that you can learn yourself? Yeah. Robin, I was just thinking, uh, are you hiring at the moment then? Are you uh, looking for uh, any team members? 
Yeah, we're actually um, looking to bring on uh, two new developers. Uh, we're based here in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, we're looking for people who have you know some experience or interest in game development, but there's also a lot of technology that we're developing that's not necessarily game specific. Um, and uh, I always like to look at hiring as uh, trying to t- trying to find people fit as much as uh, skill set fit. Well, great. You're, you're talking to a bunch of indie app developers, so no doubt that people will want to reach out to you if they feel they've got the, the right skills, the right talent uh, to be part of your team. And how best to get in touch with you then, Robin? What's the best way of connecting with you? Yeah, you can uh, connect with me personally on um, Twitter. Uh, it's Robin Rath, uh, Robin with an I and Rath with an R. Uh, we're, on, we're on Twitter with Pixel Press, uh, Pixel Press Game, uh, also on Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, very accessible on all the channels. So uh, if anybody wants to reach out, let me know. We're also, also always looking for, for great developers, great game developers. Doesn't necessarily have to be in St. Louis. We've got a couple guys that we work with even in Paris. Um, so just, just want to make connections with people. So love to talk with anyone. Great. Well, Robert, it has been a pure joy for me to go through your journey and to learn about Pixel Press and this wonderful um, this game, this uh, game that's created uh, every every game seems to be different on the uh, platform so uh, i know that there's going to be a lot of success following you so it's been a joy thanks for joining us on the app guy podcast yeah thank you paul it's, it's great to be here and to, to share our story it's exciting and, and fun and gra- glad to be a part of the community in general thank you for listening to this podcast stay tuned for the next episode if you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone then please send an email to info at onemob.com the app guy podcast <laughs>